Welcome to the Beyond Physical Therapy Podcast. This is the podcast where we talk to physical therapists and other healthcare professionals that have broken away from the pack of everyday clinicians. Learn how to shift your mindset away from traditional PT and healthcare as we interview those that have already found a way to move beyond their day-to-day job. I'm your host, Zach Reggio. Let's dive in to today's episode. As medical professions, we went to school for so long and had this idea of what the medical field was like. And if you don't like what it looks like to you, how can you make it better? How can you make it happen for yourself like how you envisioned it, you know, and and carve yourself out a little piece of that and try to make that happen for yourself. And I've had a lot of ideas and dreams and doors that have completely closed on me, but I'm relentless. So the biggest piece of advice I can give you is just keep fighting, keep pushing, do not give up in what you want to do. Hey guys, welcome to the Beyond Physical Therapy Podcast. Here with us, we have Dr. Natalie Nimchek, a physical therapist and certified strength and conditioning specialist, as well as being a Roadrunner Club of America run coach and a certified running technique specialist. She's also the founder of Revolution Running Company and helps runners of all experiences run stronger, faster, and injury-free. Thanks for listening. Here's today's episode. Matt, thank you so much for coming on the show. Uh, You know, we're classmates in DPT school and uh, Mm -hmm. you're always doing really cool things and I'm always checking out your Instagram. So first off, before we get started, do you mind just sharing a little bit with the audience about yourself? Well, thank you for having me on. I'm excited. So I'm a physical therapist. Me and Zach graduated about five years ago. Before that, I actually worked with a at a real estate company following my graduation from undergrad at Eastern Connecticut State University, where I studied communications. Um, I also played lacrosse while I was there. So those two years in between undergrad and before I decided to apply to PT school, I really decided I wanted to do something in the medical field. So I started to observe a lot of different professions and just try to pick everybody's brain from PTs, OTs, uh, nursing, dietitians, doctors, any, anyone that I could speak to. I wanted to just gauge their knowledge and see what the field was like. When I fell onto PT, I just felt like it was a perfect fit. Then I had to take about a year and a half of courses to apply to PT school. So I went to Farmingdale State College, took about a year and a half courses, and then I applied to Stony Brook and only Stony Brook and put all my eggs in one basket. Hey, I did the same thing. Yes. (laughs) Very scary. And I like bawled my eyes out when I got in, but yes. So that's more like my professional life. And then the past few years, when I first came out of PT school, I really focused on my, my two passions have always been dogs and running. So when I first got out the first year, I dedicated a lot to gaining a certification to work in canine rehab. So, and I also commuted to Connecticut for that whole year, going back and forth about like three hours each way, because I wanted to practice so badly. So we can't practice PT on dogs as a physical therapist in New York state. You have to be a veterinarian. So after a while of commuting, I had to kind of put that idea to rest Um, And I still give advice to people if they ever need it. But then I shifted my focus onto the other passion, which was running. So the past few years have been all dedicated to gaining as much knowledge as I can in running. 
Cool. So uh, can you tell me about maybe some of the certifications or, or continuing ed courses that you took in running? So when I first started out, I actually reached out to Eric Greenberg and because I knew he was a professor of ours and he had a very big focus in running and he did presentations for us on, on running and injury and gait analysis and things like that. So I reached out to him because I didn't really know where to start to look into different types of research and what courses to take. He's a big mentor for me. And he helped me to figure out where to kind of go in terms of who the top researchers are in the field, because I wanted to make sure that the information that I wanted to give to people, I wanted it to be the best information they could get. Because you could Google anything and get, okay, someone's blog from 10 years ago about how they felt about heel striking versus forefoot striking. Yeah. You know, so I wanted to make sure that the information I got was the coming from the best place. So he kind of helped to guide me to understand who those top researchers were. And then I started to look into different certifications. So the first course that I took was post method, which you took too, Zach. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> so, and that kind of breaks down looking at more forefoot strikers versus heel strikers. And the main focus of that course is really to get runners to become forefoot strikers. So that also gave me the certification as a running technique specialist. So then you have that too. Yeah. Yeah. So I, what I gathered from that, you know, was that they're trying to look at like the biomechanical forces and everything on the body and trying to limit, I guess, injury by having you not necessarily forefoot strike, but more land under your body and kind of use your body's necessarily momentum, but gravitational force by like leaning forward to get you to kind of be able to go faster and more efficient with, you know, after some practice, uh, Mm -hmm. less energy. Yeah. So after that course, then I really wanted to get a bigger idea as to running and gait analysis in general. So I looked at the science of running medicine is... It was the best course that you could ever take. It was with the three out of the four top researchers in the country. And they, it's a great course where they break down everything from different injuries that you see in runners to gait analysis to, they have their own beliefs too. So they kind of go at the end of it, they kind of go head to head on different things and talk about different um, things they believe in and (laughs) they go back and forth. So it's pretty funny, but it's that course was by far the um, my favorite course that I took and broke down everything in a really nice way. After looking at, you know, taking those two courses and everything, then I started to really focus on the strengthening component and the performance component for runners. So I spent about six months studying my butt off for the strength and conditioning certificate. So that was very, very difficult. And it challenged me in a different way because it looked at, I've never strength trained like that and looked at things in that way. And it breaks down everything from football players to runners, to young athletes, to uh, the aging population and how strengthening can help them. And that was a great certificate to gain to help to help to build runners performance more than, uh, and combine that performance and injury aspect. Then after that, I wanted to focus more on coaching so I could kind of put my PT brain and coaching brain together. So then I took the RRCA course to become a coach and got certified uh, early last year in that. And a lot of reading along the way of all different kinds of research, but knowledge is power. So that was the biggest thing. <laughs> yeah, definitely. And you you were a big runner even before getting into it um, in a PT standpoint, right? Like, have you done marathons or half marathons or like what have you done running wise 
Yes. So it's funny because if you ask anyone on the lacrosse team from college, I was the one who was complaining the most whenever we had to run and I would try to skip the corners as much as I could when we ran around the field. So if you ask any of them, they think it's so funny that I'm a runner now. So when I got out of college and I started, I was like, what can I do to help to put this energy somewhere? I felt like I had that energy that you get from collegiate sports that I didn't know what to do with. So I started training for my first half marathon. So now I've completed over the past 11 years, 11 years since undergrad, um, I've completed 16 half marathons, Wow! one full marathon. And then me and my husband did triathlons for a while. We were doing, we've done Ironmans, half Ironmans, sprint distance triathlons. We've done 5Ks, 10Ks. So I've experienced it all from laying on the pavement and not wanting to get up and finish a race to <laughs> finishing and getting my PR. So I've, I feel like I've been through it all. <laughs> very cool. Yeah, you sound very experienced. So I have to take some tips from you myself because uh, the most I ever did was a half marathon. And I was like, this is the hardest thing I've ever done. Yeah, but that's a big feat. That's a half marathon is <laughs> a big feat. It's actually, it's such a popular distance now though. So a lot of people mm. are getting into half marathons. But, but it makes you like think, oh my God, why would anyone do this twice? Right? Like to a regular <laughs> marathon. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, but I, guess, I feel like you come off that first race and then you recoup for a few days and then you start looking up your next race. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> That's no, what happens. Right. Definitely right. You get that runner's high. <laughs> yeah. So um, can you tell me a little bit about revolutionrunningcompany.com and, and what services you're providing for people there and, and how you're delivering them? Okay. So I started after I gained all this knowledge and I felt like I, I really wanted to uh, provide it to the population. So I created Revolution Running Company and we offer coaching for all different types of runners, whether you're a beginner runner and you're just looking to get started, uh, whether you're a runner who doesn't know how to start to strength train, um, whether you're an elite runner looking to really enhance your performance. So it was a way that I could put everything from injury prevention, rehab to performance and, and all those kind of things into one basket and be able to offer that for people. So those are different programs that we offer. And what I try to do is really individualize it to the person and what they have at home, what their schedule's like, you know, what their work schedule's like and different things like that and start to really provide them a program that encompasses all the knowledge I've learned and to help them better understand their body and, and train really smart. Because I, I, the biggest reason why runners get injured is because of training errors. So I feel like those are things that as long as you guide people and you provide them with the feedback, you can really uh, take down that injury risk a lot. Okay, perfect. And so how are you delivering these services? Are you doing like uh, Zoom calls with people? Are you seeing people in person? So I do offer virtual training and in-person training. So I have different packages where if you're just looking to do running, virtual running, we have a program online that provides you with a calendar. Now, what I do differently is I only update every week. For me, I build out the person's plan for the long term and what their end goal is. But what I provide for them is each week because I feel like so many changes and so many things can happen in a week. So I give daily and weekly feedback to people. So that way, when I build that next week, okay, that they're okay to do the same program or the same exercises this coming week, or did they have some kind of issue that we have to taper back? And I feel like the, the biggest thing that I try to offer is that individual training, but also based on their feedback, what I can provide for them the next following week. So I try to build on that idea. Okay. And when you're delivering your services virtually, 
Um, are you using any sort of like, um, you know, website or app like Trainerize? Like, how are you delivering? Like, all right, I want you to focus on maybe this exercise for strength goals. Like, how do you deliver that to people? So I use Final Surge. Uh, it's okay. an app that people can download. And it's great because you can add in comments and they get those notifications. And um, as you add in exercises, they see that. But I do also offer in-person training. So if somebody wanted that strength training at home, it's usually mm-hmm. the, the strength training they want the, the biggest help with because of posture and positioning and things like that. So, And that's at the person's discretion, what they can do if they, they want to do once a week, twice a week. And then I build that strength program based on on what they have at home and what we can work out. Okay, cool. And are you doing any sort of like video analysis of like, say their gait or anything like that? So I'm not offering that yet because I feel like the biggest thing to me when you perform gait analysis is that continuity. And I feel like you really need that from a treadmill and a certain amount of space and to Mm. have that kind of, that is in my overall goal that's hoping to come soon but i would like to offer gait analysis because i would like to use that knowledge base that i gained to help people and i feel like that's a huge component sometimes with injury and things like that so but i feel like it's very difficult to replicate that at home because Mm -hmm. if you try to have someone set it up outside or set it up there's so many different factors that i feel like can play in like is that their true running gait Mm -hmm. like i feel like the only way you can really see that is on the treadmill you know, you're supposed to allow about six to 10 minutes for them to warm up. And mm-hmm. can they set that up in their home? If someone had that in a way that they could set up in their home, but I haven't had a lot of people that have a treadmill at home, to be honest. I feel like it's one of those pieces of equipment that most people go to the gym for, yeah. especially with the closures. It's been tough. Yeah, no, I've definitely used it in the clinic before, like just trying to like slow-mo video people's running gait. And uh, yeah, it's definitely helpful because like you catch those little things that maybe, you know, your natural eye wouldn't catch, Um, you know, Mm. they could be doing just these really weird things like landing on the forefoot on one side, landing on the heel on the Mm -hmm. other side, landing with a straight knee here, bent knee here. So like you could just find really funky stuff. And and a lot of times, at least for me, I felt like that was maybe part of their issues of, of pain or whatever it was that was holding them back. Yeah. And that could be a really big component too. And I feel like you can't really provide rehab to someone who's a runner especially with an injury that's running related unless mm-hmm. you see them running yeah it's, it's true and, and some people have come in and said you know but i feel this only when i run after about a mile well how can i replicate that you know yeah. so the only way to replicate that is on the treadmill so i feel like that's one of the biggest things is being able to actually see them running and see them at that time okay then run a mile and then i want to look at your gait you know Okay, perfect. So what areas of your running business, you know, are are you having the most challenges with? Is it marketing? Is it, um, you know, just getting your your name out there? That's definitely the the biggest two things. Okay. Getting your name out there, it's difficult because you're up against, you know, there's, of course, you see on Instagram and there's some people that put out these programs and they have millions of followers and you're up against, Hmm. you know, all that. And so I, I feel like, as long as you find your niche and you know your knowledge base and what you can offer, I've just been trying to be uh, a lot more confident in what I can provide. And yeah, it's definitely tough to, to build your name. But the more I think that you build relationships with people and as you start to grow, it'll just come naturally. But the other biggest, the toughest thing as well is, is figuring out uh, and being able to ask people for money. That yeah. to me is 
very, very hard because I feel like, especially when you learn of people's certain circumstances and certain things like that, one of the hardest things for me has been able to really, in the same way, have that confidence to say, okay, but this is what I can offer. And being able to fully ask people for that. So that that's definitely been the two toughest things is building my name and asking people for for, yeah, um, for money for payment for, well, yeah, <laughs> for payment on return to what you provide and i feel like that's just over time it gets easier but in the beginning it's definitely hard to do that yeah no i agree and especially right now with like the pandemic and everything and you're yes. like you don't know if these people are still working or not so mm-hmm. I, I could totally see that being tough um mm-hmm. but where would you say you're getting most of your clients do you feel like you're getting them from like social media or, or instagram or maybe past clients that you've had uh as a pt uh, social media is huge. I feel like that's the, the biggest component. The first client that I have, she she is awesome. She found me on Instagram through a hashtag and she happened to follow my profile. She came in as a patient and then I was talking to her about what I was starting to do and she was like, oh, I'm really interested. And then, you know, now she's, we've been working together for a while and social media is huge. Putting your name out there is huge. I have to say that is where all of my clients have come from is social media. Okay. So yeah, Mm -hmm. you're putting out content, I guess, on a pretty Mm -hmm. regular basis on, on maybe running techniques and and exercises and and sort of research that you've done. Is that kind of how you've been doing it? Yeah. I try to, when I put out that content, I really try to make sure I do that research on, okay, what is the best place that I can get this information and how can I provide it for people so they can easily understand and, and want to engage and read it. Cause it's also sometimes I'm like, this is lengthy, yeah. <laughs> Like I'm not, but as long as you, you have that, you know, that might click with somebody where it's like, wow, I have that issue though. And then they'll be the ones that want to read it. And then they gain your trust as to, okay, she, she seems to know what she's talking about. So the other big thing though is too, is there are a couple of people that um, I think will come on board eventually is meeting them through races. You do meet people through races, even just walking to your car. I meet people that after they finish their race, you start talking about things or um, so definitely being um, part of running groups and getting your name out there that way, I think is big. Yeah. You got to like advertise your company on the back of your shirt. When, when you blow <laughs> by people, they're going to be like, Oh, I got to go to her. She knows how to run. <laughs> yeah. So I'll try to just skip in there and sprint at the end and hope that, yeah, exactly. uh, <laughs> people read it. <laughs> Very cool. So what sort of growth are you looking to have over the next five years in your company? So I'm really looking to encompass all aspects of things for runners from run coaching and strength programming to gait analysis, to injury prevention, rehabilitation, and putting all of those things together. So no matter where someone is in their running journey, they can come in and feel like they're going to get their questions answered. Okay. Makes sense. Yeah, definitely. So is this sort of like uh, something that you're looking to turn into a full-time business or a full-time gig? Yes, absolutely. I would like to, like I said, go from being that coaching aspect to being able to cover that entire, any runner's needs, be able to to answer those, those uh, questions and those concerns, whether it's performance or injury related and be able to provide that for them. Mm -hmm. Perfect. Okay. Can you tell me about maybe one of your mentors in life and, and, you know, it doesn't have to be related PT, but Mm -hmm. kind of how they changed your way of thinking? So Eric Greenberg was the big one for um, 
helping to start out as to where do I go with this desire and this passion to, to treat runners? Steph Shane, yeah. who graduated with us, yeah. who started her own business a few years ago in New York City. She is an incredible source and she has been like a guiding light through all of this, how mm-hmm. to get started, how to build confidence, how to um, really understand what I want my business to represent. She really helps you to define all that. Good. And she's helped to do that for me. And um, she's been a huge, a huge help. And a, a, I call her with any questions no, that's great. <laughs> and concerns. Yeah. Yeah, she definitely seems like a, a go-getter. I, I have to talk to her mm-hmm. sometimes. So. <laughs> you, de- yeah, she would be great to have on. From everything, from she's starting all these other avenues too. She's oh, like, really? yeah, she's incredible. She's an incredible source. Yeah. All right, cool. Thank you. Um, so, can you share any um, big personal wins that you've had in the last month? You know, are you training any uh, for any races or anything like that that are big that are coming up? Um, so I was supposed to do the New York city marathon that got canceled and they just announced today that Chicago got canceled. So of course all the big races are, are, you know, getting shut down. And I think that was kind of expected, especially with how many people come from different places to all gather in, in one area. So, so personally for me, especially after having the baby, I had my first baby September 2nd. So he's 10 months now (laughs) and they don't tell you how long it truly takes to recover. Um, for me, it's been, I've kind of been in this slump where I'm like, you know, I'm, I'm usually my distance runs are 10, 15 miles. And right now I'm at a point where I'm just trying to build mileage every day. So I'm running three, four, five miles daily because that's just been what's comfortable for me lately. And again, I don't have that pressing race coming. So for me, the focus has been on my strength training and really building mileage and getting comfortable with my conversation pace. So that's a, a big component that I talk about with runners is getting them to, to honestly to slow down when they're doing those recovery and those basic easy runs to be able to enhance your speed work when it comes time to do that. So I've been kind of refocusing on building that mileage and building that aerobic base. So next year, when it comes time to training, I'm ready. Yeah, no, I I agree. That's awesome. Yeah. That conversational piece, right? Like you mean, so being able to run and still kind of hold a conversation, right? That's big. Yep. Yep. And it's, I feel like a lot of people, when they go out, they run and they feel like that's how you increase speed is by running hard. And that's probably the biggest thing in terms of with my clients to talk about getting comfortable with that easy, slow pace. And it's hard for most runners because they want to push and feel like that's how they're getting faster. But if you dedicate those uh, slow, easy runs to really making sure that you're at that conversation pace and you can talk in sentences. It's big for when you hit those speed works like hill repeats and track workouts, intervals, things like that, because then you have so much more strength and power behind those workouts from being recovered from those other runs, you know, so. Okay, perfect. Mm -hmm. So in the last five years or so, what new belief, behavior, or habit do you think has most improved your life? Okay, I'm going to go with Steph Shane again. (laughs) She has has told me, because I'll I'll always text her at like midnight and say... Mm -hmm. I, oh my gosh, this person's putting out like they, they have so many followers and they're putting out things that are similar and blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. And she's like, Natalie, horse blinders, put on horse blinders. You do what you have to do when you believe in what you do and don't pay attention to what other people are doing. 
because it will drive you insane. <laughs> yeah. And it'll make you question, I think, what you have to offer. And I think just being confident in what you have to offer and really focusing on how you can provide that for people and kind of closing off as to what other people are doing because it takes away, I think, from what you can give. Yeah. That yeah, is I, the biggest piece of advice I can give from Steph. Yeah, no, she's 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 not even on the episode and she's putting out all this now. I know, and she's putting out all this information. <laughs> no, I do agree with that though. And I think, you know, a big part is being okay with being vulnerable and, you know, mm-hmm. not being afraid of maybe what the naysayers are, are, are gonna be, you know, saying about you because not everyone is gonna agree with what you're saying, not everyone is gonna like your, you know, your content. Mm-hmm. But being okay with that and still putting it out anyway is huge because I feel like most people can't get past that. Mm -hmm. And at the same time, I think taking into account what people have to say, like I've, you know, I've talked to my clients about what they feel like works for them and what they want to see more and learning from other people too. And just having that, you want to have confidence, but you also want to be personable and approachable. And I feel like that's a big piece that you want to have. So people want to work with you. I think it's, it's intimidating for especially a beginner runner who's like, I don't really know where to go. And someone's coming off very overly confident. It might be a kind of put them off in a way from, and then Mm -hmm. feeling like, where can I get my, my questions answered? And, you know, you want to have that same sense too, where you're personable, but at the same time, you feel confident in your knowledge base. Perfect. Okay. So I just have really just one more question for you. Do you have any advice or words of wisdom for future PTs or healthcare professionals that are looking to start their own business or side hustle? I think that knowledge is power. And if you keep learning as much as you can, soak up as much information as you can from really reliable, incredible sources to provide the best information for your clients is very important. But the biggest thing I want to say is that to just keep pushing and keep fighting, believe in what you have to offer and surround yourself with people that have faith in your vision and what you want to do. And there's a lot of people, mentors and other people that have come into my life that I didn't mention, you know, the support of family, friends, colleagues, a lot of people that have come into my life that have helped me that I wouldn't be where I am today without them. So there's also so many courses and pieces of literature that I neglected to mention. Just keep your eyes and ears open, keep learning, keep growing, keep that strong support around you and keep perfecting your craft to define what you have to offer for the world. And I just began this new outlet and I'm still just starting out and learning and growing and keep that confidence in yourself. As medical professions, we went to school for so long and had this idea of what the medical field was like. And if you don't like what it looks like to you, how can you make it better? How can you make it happen for yourself like how you envisioned it, you know, and and carve yourself out a little piece of that and try to make that happen for yourself. And I've had a lot of ideas and dreams and doors that have completely closed on me, but I'm relentless. So the biggest piece of advice I can give you is just keep fighting, keep pushing, do not give up in what you want to do. Awesome. Yeah, that's, that's great advice. And I, I really do believe in that too. I think that that's the number one thing is you just can't give up. So awesome. All right. Well, thank you so much, Nat. It's been a pleasure talking to you and definitely learned a few things. So I'm sure the listeners did too. If you could, could you just maybe share with us, you know, where they can learn a little bit more about you, maybe on social media or where they can reach out to you? 
So my name on Instagram, my Instagram handle is natalie.dpt. My website is revolutionrunningcompany.com. And yeah, throw me a DM. Let's chat. Perfect. So they can learn all their running needs from you. (laughs) Thank you so much for having me on. It was was a pleasure. Talk again soon. All right. Yes, absolutely. Okay, guys. Thanks again for listening. Everyone, if you could, please head over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review us so that we can get this thing out to more people. See you guys in the next episode.